Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to Chazuba Talks. Uh, this is a podcast that is dedicated to sharing stories about compelling stories about sharing, about compassion, about grit and determination. And thank you all for joining me on this journey of what I call the discovery of the human soul or what drives humanity. Right? And with me today is our guest. Elliot, who is the CEO and founder of the organization The Sum, that is D H E Sum, S U M, the Sum.org. And before he founded this, The Sum in 2006, he worked as a principal and teacher of social justice studies at Naropa University. And uh, he is extremely passionate about unity about going together, about inclusiveness. You see, we hear so much about unity and diversity. We talk about together we stand. We talk about united we stand, divided we fall. But how much of it do we practice ourselves and how much of it we are able to practice in terms of uh, projecting our personalities in the workplace or any other uh, area that we interact in? Thank you so much, Elliot, for being on the show. Maybe begin with talking about your organization and how you began this. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. Uh, today is, is actually a very special day because it is the 12th of August. And five years ago today was a, was a big event. Um, it was a pretty big event in the world. I, I think it made the news mostly around the world and, and that was an event here in the city where I live. It's, it's actually a small city or a town called Charlottesville, Virginia. And five years ago today, the there was what was called the Unite the Right Rally. Uh, Right-wing uh, white supremacist groups came here to Charlottesville. And there was a young man, James Fields, who drove his car through a crowd of peaceful protesters. He injured 40 or 50 people and he killed one young woman. Her name, um, oh my goodness, I forgot Heather. her name. Heather. Heather. Heather Heyer, thank you. And uh, I was living at the time up in New York and, and when this happened, um, I sold all, all of my things. I sold my, I gave my house away and I, I bought a camper and I drove down here to Charlottesville five years ago and I brought my nonprofit and the work of my nonprofit uh, here to Charlottesville. So that was the start of, of our work here in this community. But actually, I, I started the nonprofit, as you said, in 2006. Um, I was working for the Human Rights Office for the city of Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, but for me, you asked how it started. I come from a biracial, bicultural background. I passed as a white man and um, my father was Latino and indigenous, and my mother was Anglo. So for me, it was kind of a train wreck. I was raised by my uh, Latino family, and yet I lived in a very Anglo world. And so I had to learn, you know, how to, how to make those two work together. So it was uh, very personal. So you're, you're very right when, it, when you talk about how we are showing up around these issues of unity and understanding difference because 
most of us come come out pointing our finger at someone else and they say, oh, you know, you should do it this way or you should do it that way. The, the people on the far left, they look at the people on the right and they say, oh, you need to open your minds. And the people on the right say, oh, you people on the left, you need to grow a spine. And to some degree, all of these different areas we've found in our in our workshops and our research, all of these uh, different areas on the spectrum have assets and they also have liabilities. Mm -hmm. So we developed a model that that really identifies and describes the different assets and liabilities of these different unconscious patterns as they relate to difference. And when I say difference, I'm talking about race and culture and sexual orientation and gender and religion and disability and socioeconomic class, all of those different differences. Um, sometimes we find that people get really um, passionate about racial issues, let's say, but mm -hmm. it, man, let's say, is, is working on racial issues, but he doesn't understand his internalized uh, oppression towards women, then it's almost a way that he hides his sexism by working on racism. So we wanted to develop a model that looked at all of these different differences. And then we developed an assessment that actually measures our uncon these unconscious patterns. And so I'm, what I'm very excited about is that North Carolina State University just did a, a study on our assessment and they found that it has very high reliability and validity, which are these academic terms that they use uh, to, to establish if, a, if an assessment is measuring what it purports to measure and is valid. And they found that it is. So now we are, we are very excited to be getting word out about our nonprofit and about this assessment. We call it the power of difference assessment. And I love talking to you as an Indian woman, because for me, much of the roots of my passion for this work came directly from Mohandas Gandhi, who said, we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so that's what our whole, in fact, for a long time, we had that quote on our, on our homepage, because for us, that's what this is all about, is us learning to do our internal work rather than going out and trying to change the world. And here's the irony, is that when we do this work inside, we become catalysts for change in the world. So true, so true. So that's most of all, all of the, all of this work is founded for us in supporting people in doing that internal work. Wonderful, and when I congratulations. Say, thank you on that uh, syllabus being accepted by the university and uh, putting it into practice you're getting that certificate of the seal of you know validity for that study. yes yes Wonderful. yeah i feel so, very excited about that and also this this change you know most people they experience the work that i do as being kind of um full of shame and blame oh and well, thing, well you know it's like okay i'm doing something wrong you know, men say, oh, I'm, I'm sexist. White people say, oh, I'm racist. Um, I know in India, you, there's all these class and, and caste um, differences and, and we don't know how always to deal with them and we have a lot of shame about them. And so we don't want to talk about them because mm -hmm. whenever yeah. we talk about them, it feels uncomfortable. True. And what we found is that 
this work is about what makes us joyful. And people aren't used to hearing that. They're used to hearing, "Oh, I did it wrong again." But it really is what what we found is that only when we act out of solidarity with one another can we really find what lights us up, what makes us come alive and ignites our passion. So we really are about supporting people in finding and going after the things they absolutely love with all of their hearts. And as they do that, it goes together with living out of solidarity with people across all kinds of differences. Beautiful to hear. So um, I have some more questions for you uh, related to this, but before that, I'd like you to explain about the three programs that you have. One is an assessment, and the other is a certification, right? So is yes. this something that somebody volunteers to do or find out about himself or herself? Like tomorrow, if I want to find out what personality type I am uh, or what my biases are, should I be enrolling in that program? I'm glad you asked. So we have, you're right, we have three things that we uh, are based off of our um, homepage. And there's actually a fourth. There is something called the race pattern quiz. So for no cost, for absolutely free, you can go on our website and take the race pattern quiz and you can I saw get that I saw that and I'm planning to do that immediately after the podcast It will just take you a few <laughs> minutes it's just 18 yes. questions and it will give you just a little bit of a taste of what our larger assessment is about it just focuses on race and then you will have automatically you will have some results that you can look at um that will give you an idea of what these what our model looks like and what what your learning edges might be around race and there are three different patterns and i can give you the short version because based on our conversation already i can i have a sense i've been doing this long enough what your unconscious pattern is is so it oh should i be scared <laughs> no you should not be scared your unconscious pattern is what we would call sensitivity so what that means is on the asset side it means that you value difference that you yes. see differences around you and it really matters to you it's really important to you so yes. that's that's the big asset for you the big assets the part that is your learning edge is that you can get a little frozen or a little stuck because you really you're so sensitive about difference that you don't want to offend people How and so you, so yeah. you, so you might right so you might not actually say what's true because you're you don't want to offend folks so the yeah. the learning edge for you is to learn how to be ferocious how to power up and use your strength and your voice in a way that is not silent and is not violent wow so that's that's the learning edge for you and that's your unconscious pattern and that's what we're working with here And so the uh, the other things that you mentioned one is a larger assessment that measures where we are across all these differences right now we're just growing so um we charge $150 uh, American dollars to do that at this point but we also I don't want to turn anybody away for any reason so if you email me and talk about it you can pay whatever you're able to pay then what what we wanted to do was create a certification program that would support people we found that we know the kinds of activities that will support people in moving 
and improving in a way that they want to uh, shift. So we have a 45-hour certification program, and again, it's the same kind of thing. We can charge. Um, we do it in sections like belts. You you maybe have heard of martial arts where they have a red yes. belt and a and yes. a blue belt. So we also exactly. have found that that we want to organize things in belts、mm-hmm. or levels, so that people you don't move on to the next level until you get the level before. We charge fifty dollars for each of those levels, and it's、um, you can get three graduate level credits from a local university that we can we have organized、uh, credit. So we you can actually、um, shift where you are、um, according to these patterns and according to the assessment by taking these、um, this、uh, this certification. But we also we also do free workshops, and on our website you can see that at least、uh, two workshops a month that we do、uh, free every Tuesday of, of varying kinds of topics.、Um, I'll actually be talking this next week about Gandhi and about、um, some of his experiments、um, with nonviolence. One of the things this is this is kind of a a, a confusing thing for people. Gandhi and Martin Luther King were Uh, very powerful teachers around nonviolence. Their、yes. their sexuality, their sex lives were a little bit messed up. There was some <laughs> things that, when they look back now, if they were to look back, they would say, "Uh, that didn't feel comfortable to the people around me." So one of the things that we really look at is how how are people how do people have powerful socially just lives, and how do they blend that with sexuality. So we go after、mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't、um, normally think of as just being about sexual.、Uh, I'm sorry, social justice. So th- that's a free. So there is a little bit of overlap there. Yes, it's how do those come together? How do I, as a man, I was raised not to care about social justice because as a straight man, I just wanted a relationship with a woman, and to do that, I needed to go make money. I remember going to an Indian wedding. And watching all of the opulence, you know, the fancy、yes. food and things, and I remember watching, talking to the groom, and he said, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for all of this?" And the and the bride was saying, "Look how beautiful it all is," but the the man in that scenario can feel very pressured, like he has to make money, and his worth comes from money, and women very often in the Heteronormative sense feel like their value comes from their beauty and what they look like, and that can be very oppressive. So we all have a different story that has to be explored, and believe it or not, social justice can arise there, right? Because people are worried about making money, and they don't care about whose shoulders they stand on,、mm, right? Yeah. So, so how do we understand those different places and those different roles? Those are some of the free. Webinars that are on Tuesday at noon. It's a, probably in the middle of the night in India, I'm afraid.、Um, but let us know. But maybe we can we can get a recording. Maybe that's、we、possible. We can share a link. Yes, it's possible. That's possible. Yes. Email me. I would love to hear that. Anything is possible if you email me. All right, I'll do that. Well,、uh, so the next question is: When you talk about these certifications.、Um, Do you have some kind of a report saying that you know 50% or 80% or 100% of the people who participated in that certification 
came out to be more aware individuals or came out to be more uh, i won't use the word enlightened but uh, more uh, you know reflective about themselves yes that's a great question and basically when we go into we we've done mostly this work in with faculty at universities but also with school districts uh here in the United States and teachers so we've used our assessment and while our assessment measures all these different things it comes down to one score at the very end a cumulative score and what mm-hmm. we find is that when people go through the 45 hour certification their score which is based on a percentile 100% improves on average 10 to 12%. So that's the average shift. We we actually now have just moved away from working within the universities and mm-hmm. we have gone after this thing that I described with the various levels. That was a little bit problematic in the university. A university they they want you to teach a course and just cover all the mm-hmm. material and give people a grade. the the oh. the difficulty with that was that people were not necessarily getting interested well they were they they might not be interested that's true but they also might get mm-hmm. the first uh first level but not the second level and then we would go on to the third level but they never got the second level so what we are doing now is independent of any university or college so that we can make sure that if you don't get a particular level you don't get to go on to the next phase. So, okay. so I'm very excited about the effectiveness that you're referencing because it allows us to require that if you if you can't get it then you have to go back and take that that phase again. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, of course it does. And it's beautiful because you know then they will take that seriously and they'll move on to you're taking on the next level. Yes, it helps them uh, really pay your... attention. Yeah. you bring me to this question like you said you brought uh, this into an independent level right so now you are not associated with any uh, university or any syllabus so to say yes o- only uh, the only thing is that we are able to translate our work into a syllabus so that we can offer credit through a graduate school and that people can get graduate level uh, credit actually, actually undergrad as well yeah. wonderful wonderful would you say that you know um, some corporates or um, maybe institutes or maybe universities or colleges should make this uh, sort of a compulsory uh, what do you say a subject or something that they need to complete to get their credit something that they need to include in their uh, you know, whole wholesome development yes you you know most at least in the united states and and actually here in the the events of charlottesville um kind of helped push this along most organizations do a lot of compulsory work honestly it, it's it's i would call it for me it seems almost pathetic i mean i appreciate people's intentions but they might say you know these things that we spend 45 hours or 90 hours that are lifelong journeys people don't have any measurement they don't have any guidance they go in and they do an hour long you know sometimes i just had a friend who said oh they want me to do a diversity training for an hour he's never done it before mm-hmm. but he's the hr guy so so he gets tapped mm-hmm. to do it and he's a man of color so he does that work he doesn't know what he's doing 
he does it for an hour. It's just like they check the box. They say, oh, we've done diversity. I, I know, yeah, I, I know what you mean because I've seen many students who apply to universities from India. You know, there's an influx of Indian yes. students coming to the US. So, so we are actually surrounded by so much diversity already. Yes. We are accepting, we are more accepting of certain uh, things. So making sure that, you know, this is an incident that I write in my essay saying that this is what I have done to include um, people of other races or other castes. It becomes like, you know, this is something that I do every day. Why do I have to put it down on pen and paper just because it's a requirement? Uh -huh. Well, the other side of that is that um, rather than requiring and making it compulsory, I'm a believer in love. I mean, and that's the thing I can talk about because I'm not working for a university anymore. If we really um, attract people that do this work because they love it, because they really want to do it. And we found this when we worked in schools that you'd have a couple teachers that love this work, that it lights them up, it lights them on fire. The more we do this because we love, the more we do anything because we love it, the more it's gonna grow and spread. So rather than saying you must do this so that you are not discriminatory, let me show you how you can be, for instance, a, per, a, a person in, in sensitivity, let me show you how you can have a voice, you can be nonviolent and you can be ferocious. You can refuse to have something go down on your watch. Here in Charlottesville, when the alt-right came to Charlottesville, they came to this town because they knew it was filled with generally um, uh, white liberal folks that would not know how to say, not on my watch. It will not happen. You will not be, you will not be coming here. They didn't know how to say that. And, and again, no blame and shame there. It's just, it seems to be the truth. In my work here for five years, I found that that, that is the case often. Lovely. Um, so I have a question where, uh, you know, if I uh, enroll for this program or if anybody, if anybody is enrolling for this program, uh, do they have to face certain fears? Do they have to face certain when they look into the mirror, do they really have to face certain fears? And what do you do to alleviate that? Uh, yeah. Do you have some kind of dramatics or, you know, something to do with the art or creative or music that kind of balances this out? It's a great question. I, it, it's one of those things when you, when you ask that question about music and art, you know, there are, are people that their lives are, let's say, music or art or dance. And what, what we find is when people catch fire around this, they take this work and they infuse it into music and art in these other ways. So one answer to your question is that this supports other people in doing that. But your first question about, about fear, and I would also add to that grief. We, we, we're we mm -hmm. afraid and we have a lot of grief inside us because, um, yeah you know when all of the violence that we see in the world it's it's very it produces grief in us we human beings were naturally empathic and so oftentimes we push that fear down and we push that grief down so what we do is we have we have trained facilitators and we always in our certification program it's always no more than one to four and what we do is it's very experiential basically we might have a prompt so we might have you, we might ask you, talk about 
your fears related to race and you have two or three minutes and you have a, a group of people just listening. So it's one of the ways that we've learned to use technology. And it was, we did this before COVID, but even since COVID it's gotten even better, which is that we've been sort of forced to use technology. And my vision would be that eventually we'd be able to do this in a very automated way, but a deeply personal and supportive way so that when a person goes on the computer, they're actually meeting with a set group of people that are, and one of them is trained mm -hmm. to make a very safe container for you to have your feelings. And that's what people tell us yeah. is that they're that's able to drop into the fear, able to drop into the grief. And through the grief, they have some sense of connection with people across these differences. Yeah, lovely. So there, there is a solution to everything. You, you will find uh, solutions to every kind of personality and every kind of uh, fear that anybody would Absolutely. have. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Lovely. Uh, could you share some success story that, you know, that is there in your memory that, you, that stands out, that, that tells you that, yes, this thing really worked very well for this mm. person? Do you have a story like that? You may not, if you choose to not name, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Well uh, well, I get a flood of stories, but one is, just, I think, coming up to me just because of uh, this, the significance of today being August 12th. And when I, when I first came here, mm -hmm. I uh, found Heather Heyer's mother, and her name is Susan Bro. Mm -hmm. And Susan okay. Bro took my assessment, this uh, Power of Difference assessment, and she and I began to partner together. So she she had such an influx of um, money, actually. She, she had difficulty paying origi originally for Heather's funeral, and she got a lot of donations that came oh. in. So she had so many donations that she started the Heather Heyer Foundation. Um, and so she, her foundation and my nonprofit began to work together, and we came up with something uh, called uh, the Heyer Voices. And Heather's last name is H-E-Y-E-R, so it's a little bit of a play on yeah. words, higher voices. And higher voices, um, <clears throat> we, have, we envisioned it growing at, at the, the first year. It was a, a program for the area youth, uh, high schoolers and things, because we wanted them to be able to create programs to support folks learning and growing uh, in this community. So we, we brought together a very diverse group of people and uh, young people and group uh, facilitators from the university. The University of Virginia is here in Charlottesville. And then Susan, Heather's mom, also uh, came and spoke to the kids. It was very moving, uh, as you might imagine, for them, uh, the, the students, to be there with Heather's mom and to recognize Heather. Heather's mom, Susan, was a was a and is a, a powerful model because. She said, you know, they, they, they might have thought that my daughter was killed, but my daughter is alive as we do this work. And this Higher Voices program, all of these kids, you know, with tears coming down their face, found a commitment to really going after this work and really um, bringing their light and their aliveness and their ethical ferociousness to our community. So that was a, a wonderful experience and yeah. it, it lasted for about six months for these young people. And um, 
came with some wonderful, wonderful outcomes and programs that they created themselves. Lovely. Yeah, the clap was for that wonderful coalition that you had over there. Beautiful. Thanks. So, yeah. So uh, what, what do you do about the volunteers? Do these come to you, um, you know, you know, in droves or do they, do you have to look for volunteers? Do you have to advertise for them? What is it? You know, it's been uh, changing all the time and progressing, especially now that we're coming out of COVID um, at least a little bit. Um, and as we have now moved to an online platform almost exclusively, um, which is actually a, a really great thing um, because it allows us to take this message from Charlottesville and spread it around. Um, but because of that, our needs for volunteers have really shifted to things like graphic design or IT stuff. You know, we are still a, a small nonprofit, um, a, a non, I joke, we're a nonprofit nonprofit. And we, you know, we, we won't be turned away. We don't charge people things necessarily. If, if you need us to do something, we'll do it. Um, we're very much interested in advocacy and we don't charge for that. Um, I have been um, on what we call food stamps here in the United States. So I, you know, in the past, I didn't, I couldn't buy, afford my food, but it didn't matter to me because I felt very clear about what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, so that's not an issue anymore, but we still need as much help um, in an online setting as we can get. And you know, we haven't been able at this point uh, to to really know how and to really um, bring in volunteers to help us with our IT and the various aspects, uh, you know, technical aspects of our work. So that's that's actually what, what okay. uh, kind of clicked when I saw uh, your emails and things. Yes, Chazuba. Yes. yes. So Chazuba.net is a is a software as a service platform that enables uh, online volunteering so to people, to nonprofits who want uh, IT support or content support or something to do with, you know, where they can help out virtually. And that's how volunteers can definitely visit. So everybody listening out there, please log on to uh, the, the sun.org and get in touch with Elliot here and find out how you can volunteer, what they need and do your bit for the society so uh, yes would you like to share something else Eddie? no just uh, lots of gratitude for uh, you making this an opportunity and uh, sharing this entirely my pleasure entirely my pleasure i'm so happy and i'm looking forward to that uh, link for the talk on tuesday i will definitely have a look sounds at great and please uh, give our race pattern quiz a try if you feel interested I will, right after this. Good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a Thank lovely you day. Thank you as well. Take care.